When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Colin II, and with me, as always, is my co-host... Uh, Matthew... Tula... Um... Orku... Pass. Okay. And joining us today for this special Masters of the Universe Revelation episode is Ryan Moore. Um, Hi, everybody. So, f- first off, Ryan, uh, before we get started, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself um, so people know? Alrighty. Well, my name is Ryan Moore. I'm a photographer, filmmaker, kind of filmmaker, I should say, video essayist. I just did a video a few months back on Masters of the Universe Revelation in regards to toxic fandom. The way I see it, you guys are saving me a video right now because that's going to be another half-hour video I don't have time for. <laughs> and and more recently, I was featured as a featured extra in Vanessa Lawrence's A Story Worth Living movie, which is absolutely fantastic. If you haven't seen it yet, see it. Yes, And I also like talking about movies as well. Yeah, My not- social medias are all across Facebook. My social medias are all at New Rums Media. I even broke down and got a TikTok. Yeah, we, yeah, we did that recently too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got an all, all too real to uh, TikTok. I we still haven't figured out what we're doing with it, but we'll figure this out. Same. <laughs> um. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I do recommend. I haven't yet to see it, but uh, Vanessa Leonard is an awesome person, a uh, good friend of mine too, and uh, definitely check out her uh, her film. Um, it's, I'm sure, very much worth watching. So, yeah, um, and I hope to see it soon. Unfortunately, during her premieres, I was uh, busy both nights, so I couldn't make it. So, um, had a death in the family and things of that nature. But um, anyways, um, so... Uh, Let's uh, get started here. Um, so, uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, first off, I'll start with you, Ryan, on on the uh, second half of uh, of Masters of the Universe Revelation. The second half of Masters of the Universe Revelation was what I wanted the Rise of Skywalker to be, because the Rise of Skywalker to me was just pure pandering fan service. Whereas Part Two of Masters of the Universe Revelation actually balanced that fan service but also continued this very compelling story part one set up. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I thought it was, uh, definitely, um, what I wanted after watching the first half. I think this is basically, and it also basically was a big fuck you to all the people that hated the first part, in my opinion, but they still are, you know, toxic as, Fuck. So, um, anyway, so what do you think? For me, that's not really the case. Yeah. That's not really the case with me. Like, this is what everything these assholes wanted, and they're still looking for ways to bitch about it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a, it should be a fuck you to them, but they're unfortunately, you know, just toxic incel fanboys who decide that they want to, uh, you know, hate anything that has women in it. Um, (laughs) 
I'll see that, that small correction. It's okay if there's women in it. They just have to be completely sexual objects for their own desire. So, small correction. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> and even that, Tila is extremely submissive. Like, she apologizes to the king. She's giving them exact... This show's giving the, these fanboys what they want. Yes. Yeah. I know. They just can't be pleased. That's what it is. They just can't be pleased. And, and they- it's like, oh my god. <laughs> And I'm and me sitting here thinking, okay, um, I wasn't the biggest He-Man fan. I thought it was okay at best when I was a kid. I was more G.I. Joe, Transformers, Ghostbusters as a kid. But here I am watching this as an adult. I'm like, holy shit, this is actually really good. I'm liking where this is going. And you have these quunk nuggets just trashing this shit for no reason. Whereas everything tracks from the first episode. I mean, for fuck's sake. It's Tila who rescues He-Man. Yeah. If this were what the alt-right thinks this show is, Tila would have left He-Man dying. Exactly, and like all the men would have been killed and it would have been a, you know, completely woman show. But But that's the thing though, Tila saved He-Man, so it's the woman who saved the man and they don't like that, so it's gotta be, you know... I, I would I said I mean I for me too the same thing I wasn't really into He Man when I was a kid it was kind of a little bit before my time so it wasn't really same. my my thing so it's kind of just I came to this from a just completely uh, just perspective of not really having any kind of opinion one way or the other but um it it just does really does seem like there's this uh well for one thing with YouTube and stuff everything's about how many views you can get, and they just the people just sort of test out, you know, like if I say something, well, how many views will I get if I say this? And they start just collecting data for themselves to see how much they can grow their channel. Okay, so I, I don't even know if some of these people even really believe what they're saying, or if they're just doing it because they can make money off of it. And maybe exactly. Some people, maybe some people get to the point where they start believing their own con. I don't know, but it's it, it's. This whole toxic fandom thing, it doesn't matter what it is, um, there's going to be assholes out there who dislike it, and um, it, it, it's it's annoying as fuck. Like, I mean, I, I just watched the live-action uh, Cowboy Bebop, which Netflix also produced. Same toxic bullshit. You know, people are pissed off because it's implied that one of the characters is a lesbian who wasn't in the original, you know? Oh. And even yeah. then, I only watched the first episode of that live-action Cowboy Bebop because I really don't have time for it. Yeah. But I thought the pilot episode was fine. Yeah. I wasn't like, oh my god, this is the worst thing ever. Yeah. Like, I sat through music earlier this year, which features a non-verbal autistic girl going full, well, special. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, cow- Cowboy Bebop is not the worst thing ever. Yeah, it's the whole, I don't know, it, it's just, it's so sad, like, and, and it doesn't matter what it is, it's Cowboy Bebop, it's Masters, it's whatever, people are just going to be pissed because it's not exactly what they wanted, and unfortunately, you know, my thing is, is like, if, if you want something, go out and make it, you know? I mean, I'm not saying exactly. that it's, it's yeah. cheap or easy to do, but still, you know, write something, you know, the... Like a, a quote I shared the other day from Taika Waititi, where it's basically like the, the, um, the, uh, the, like something I'm paraphrasing here, like the worst, the worst written script is better than any amazing unwritten script. <laughs> you know, so it's like. And even then, Alan Oppenheimer himself says at the very opening of part two, episode one Guardians of Grayskull, all. He-Man is nowhere near the title of the show. Everyone's a master of the universe on that show. Yeah. And it's it's like the the, diverg- the diversion from the original, I mean, the, the new He-Man and Masters of the Universe uh, CGI animated show, which I've only watched part of one episode. I watched two episodes of that and I fucking hated it. Yeah, and, and my thing about that is, is I don't understand why they're not more upset about that. Yeah. It's so dumbed down. It's so idiotic. It's like, why am I even watching this other than research purposes? Yeah, and I mean, I, I know they're. I mean, that's more aimed at like a new generation of kids, yeah. and I'm fine with that if that's what they want to love and they like it. Cool. I mean, because my thing is, is I'm not the type of person 
my, my, my main thing that I have, have issues with is it's like, go ahead and dislike whatever you dislike, like whatever you like, just don't attack people for doing the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I just make a point here about how freaking awesome Skeletor looked when he had the Sword of Power? I mean, oh yeah, badass man. Like when I was a kid, like my brother would watch He Man here and there. And Skeletor always just seemed like a, a dork, just goofy, like not really yeah. scary at all, you know. And now he's got this green flame going on and <laughs> all this stuff. Yeah, and he looks fucking intimidating as hell too. Yeah, the yeah. the whole Skella God or whatever they want to call him. Yeah, that uh, I I mean that's kind of what I mean. My thing is is that's what. I think that should have uh, satisfied the fans of the original. I was a fan of the original when I was a kid. I never like revered it as like this awesome thing, but I did have a bunch of, you know, action figures as a kid, went and saw yeah. the went and saw the Masters of the Universe um movie with Dolph Lundgren um <laughs> in theaters, which I which I also want to want to say uh rest in peace to my uh my my cousin-in-law Roy Leach who took me to see that. He just passed away oh, like a couple weeks ago. Um yeah, but Sorry for uh, your loss. No, no problem. Thank you. Yeah, but it was just it. I mean, that movie sucked, but at the time when I was a kid, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, he exactly. Took, yeah, he took me to see it, and then we went and he got me an action figure after the show. It was awesome. But um, the um, uh, but but anyways, the um, the the show. It's just it, it's it's in my opinion what I think adult fans of the original should want, but, yeah, but yeah. it's, but unfortunately they're, you know, it, it's, there's too many of these people that are very vocal and I'm sure there are a lot of people that do love the show. They're just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like a lot of times, like, like if, if you go on, like I've said before, like if you read Yelp reviews for restaurants, most of the time they're talking about how bad the restaurant is. There's not that many people on there talking about how great a restaurant is. Yeah. <laughs> You know. Even in my he's all that review, I made a point to praise Matthew Lillard clearly not giving a fuck. Yeah. Like he was only there for like half an hour. He was clearly not giving a fuck, and I don't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> and I gave that no star review. Yeah. Yeah, we had fun covering that one too. That is a definitely worth a watch if you want to watch something to make fun of. Um <laughs> It's yeah. definitely a movie. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm sitting there watching Acid Ray, and I had Charlie St. Joan. I was going to ask her a twerk at the end of my video, but then she posted she was sick. I was like, what, what can I do? And uh, I said, Charlie, an audio file in my sign-off, and I had her lip-sync it, and it's my voice to her lip-syncing it. <laughs> because I wanted to make that valid point of, why the fuck is this girl famous? Yeah. <laughs> she... I, I don't get it. I really don't. Um, but anyway, so, <laughs> but, right. but, but, but my, but my thing is this, go ahead and like her if you want. That's fine. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> um, so, so anyways, let, let's, uh, get into this. Um, so we don't have to like break down every episode unless you guys want to, whatever you want to do. Um, what were the uh, like key points of this uh, second half that you guys wanted to cover here and talk about? For starters, how badass Prince Adam is at in part two, episode one. Like he's bleeding near death, and he's standing up to Skeletor. I thought that was cool as hell, and that's what I think these people would want. And they're still trashing it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah the whole bravery thing. I mean, it kind of reminds me of. I mean, you, know, you see a lot of movies like this where the person is clearly going to lose the fight, but they still stand up anyway. And, you know, people used to love that kind of thing. Like, like with, you know, for example, Captain America versus Thanos, you know, his shield yeah. pretty butts it into bits. He's, I mean, like, he's got wounds all over his body. Everyone knows he's going to lose the fight if he even tries to stand up to Thanos one more time. But, it's like it's like the end of the hero's journey, and then of course the cavalry comes, and you know the final battle begins, and that whole thing. But like, uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, like I've I've said this before on many occasions that there there's been there's been this shift. I say probably within the last five, six, maybe even seven years, where these people 
used to identify with the the good guys in the movies, even though they were objectively the bad guys in real life. But they thought, or they saw themselves at least as the good guys. But then there's a shift that started happening about seven years ago where they're just like, no, we openly identify as the bad guys, and we're okay with that. Yeah. So I, I think that shift is happening now where it's like, oh, Prince Adam's a pussy. Look at him. He's staying at the Skelegod. We identify with Skelegod so because we're the villains of the story, you know? So, uh, And there's some there's some villains you can clearly identify with that you get their angles. Like, for example, Killmonger from Black Panther. You totally get where he's coming from. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely, I mean, there, there's, because, I mean, the, the best villains don't see themselves as the villain. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just because that's the best way to play a villain in a movie is you play yourself as the hero. Um, I've played a couple villains in short films and other things, and that's how I always viewed it, where whatever yeah. I'm doing is right, um, mm-hmm. even if it's completely asinine and stupid. <laughs> but, um, the, uh, um, yeah, it's just, it's just so freaking, I mean, I know I... We did a we've done several things and I want to do like more episodes about toxic fandom because this freaking <laughs> it's it's just so fucking annoying. Um, yeah, like I said, like I said, you guys are saving me a video because <laughs> I really don't have time to do a half hour video saying I fucking told you guys to be patient. Yes. Right. In, in my first video, I made a point to end it on Tila saying it it's called jumping to conclusions, and people who usually do that are usually wrong. And guess what? All these people jump to conclusions. <laughs> guess what? They're fucking wrong. Yeah, I think that um, episode two probably was almost like a an fu because not only do we see Adam become He Man again, but he becomes like Hulk Man, basically yeah. just a complete rage and it's monster. Fucking badass too. I, I mean, like he has no strategy. He's just sitting there pounding away at Skeletor with like. You know, it doesn't matter. He's got no magic. He's just slamming him with his fist. I mean, it's just <laughs> insane. He, he, and per he's, that logic, per decent gamers' logic, he man's told Mary Sue because he summoned the power without a sword. Yeah, and yeah, it, right. <laughs> but 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 he's basically become them. He's become yeah. the incels because I mean, it's basically I like <laughs> yeah. I mean, like and see, I was I didn't I ask. I think I said something about that in our first episode. I, I, I think I said, what, what would happen if he didn't have a sword? Could he still call the power down? <laughs> Apparently he can. Yeah. It's just There's no um, conduit. It's just like, it's just, you know, just power like, without any kind of, yeah, like I mean, said, no reason behind it. Just like strength and Well, I think power. it just depends on who it is because, I mean, the thing is, it's like if you're, like Adam, you're basically a pure of heart person who basically can, you know, and, and has the power within him from all the years of being He-Man. That yeah. I think that basically created the aspect that he could actually just bring down the power, but the sword was kind of like the uh, filter that made him not just a savage. So, yeah. yeah. And in episode two, like, Tila is such a man-hater that she's trying to rescue P- He-Man, apologizes oh, to the king, <laughs> for her okay. actions from the part one but you have to understand Ryan she's got half of her head shaved on the side and that automatically means she hates men and is a, is a wah man as, exactly you know, the, the, the <laughs> and towards the end of the film she becomes sexy and again they're still complaining <laughs> well it's because she's powerful now she's a sorcerer yeah. and, and, she's you know, a Mary like Sue to, you're not allowed yeah you're not allowed to you know, you're not allowed to have stories of, because that, that's, I, I know we keep going back on this, because they, they irritate me so much, but yeah. it, it really comes down to the idea that they are deeply, deeply insecure individuals, and yeah. they, they project their own insecurities onto the shows that they watch, and it, it kind of reminds me of like a guy who walks into a bar and he screams, I'm not gay, everyone! And it's like, what? No. Earlier no, today, no. Matt, no. let me go back to you on that. Earlier today, I watched this dude that looks like he would host like an IPA review channel. Talk about how because Hawkeye is tied to a unicorn, it's it's emasculating him secretly. I'm like, bro, oh look at you. You look like you you look like you have an opinion on IPA. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
it's uh yeah i don't know i mean i i think if if anything this uh the second half has definitely answered all of the problems and the suggestions but you know like i said they're they're just jumping to conclusions and and want to be it, it's people want to be angry yeah they yeah. just don't know where to focus it sometimes in my opinion and it's like, I mean, I'm not trying to defend these people, but I think a lot of times yeah. they, they've got this anger about other things in the world, but they're like, hey, let's attack some kind of intellectual <laughs> property yeah. from my childhood that isn't exactly like it was when I was a child mm -hmm. or, or, or like, let's attack, you know, music or whatever, you know, like let, let's attack, you know, Little Nas X or somebody, you know what I mean? They they, they decide right, that they're right. going to just lash out at things that don't really affect them want, in their lives. They just want to lash out at what the zeitgeist is going on because they're leaving them behind. Yeah, and it's it's nothing. I mean, the thing is, it's like it's it's it's. I mean, the, the whole idea of being a progressive person is also the whole idea of moving forward in the <laughs> right. world, and I mean. It, it's it, it's why we had like a president whose slogan was make America great again, which is the <laughs> stupidest fucking slogan ever. Um, and I'm a very right of center guy. And even I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, because I mean, it's basically like his, his idea was like, make America great again. That's like, let's make the Internet dial up again. Um, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make sense <laughs> because if you want to make things great. You got to kind of move forward in the world because you can't go backwards because if you're going backwards, you're kind of just, you know, reliving your mm -hmm. mistakes from the past. And that's why something like, I mean, just bringing it back to He-Man and I mean, in Masters of the Universe, I should say, um, is the fact that we're moving forward with this storytelling because if you wanted the same exact things... They still exist. They're probably on your shelf in a DVD if you really love them. I found a whole <laughs> block of episodes of Masters of the Universe on YouTube for research. Yeah. I mean, and even then, the original cartoon was woke as fuck in yeah. terms of behind the scenes with female writers and directors and all that. Mm -hmm. Like, the original context as well. It's like how people complain about Candyman 2021 pretending that the 1992 film wasn't already woke as fuck. Yeah. It's I mean, just Candyman 1992 centers around an interracial relationship that was due <laughs> wow. and gentrification. And 2021 kind of repeats that. I have yet to see the new one, but I really want to. Um, it's really good. Is it? It's, yeah. I think that's a really good point. I gave it a four out of five. Oh, yeah. I think it's a really good point that you made that. I think a lot of like the stuff that we watched when we were younger, I think we just missed all the nuances that those shows and movies had because we didn't really know about that at the time. So they might just be remembering like the part that they remember, not like the, all the nuances that like, well, mm -hmm. you actually do think about that. It's like, yeah, they just kind of did have this thing going on with this, you know, female character. And maybe you just didn't really, you didn't really understand the dynamics back then, you know, like gender dynamics and all that stuff. So, because you were just like a little kid. So, but they're like, no, I remember the swords and the explosions and, you know, and by the way, the animation, though, in the last two episodes of this second half were, like, really amazing. God, uh, tear. Oh, I mean, that was, like, ridiculous. That Even the Geeks and Gamers people are like, yeah, the animation's gorgeous, but I'm gonna shit on this completely, like. But yeah, let's talk about let's talk about this as a whole because yeah, we need to focus on these assholes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm kind of done. Yeah, so um, basically, okay, so 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 the, the storyline goes where we're 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 picking up where we left off, and uh, we we do have a flashback that Tila, as a baby, was giving her a magical marking before uh, um, leaving um. Before leaving her daughter and man at arms to assume her role as the sorceress. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so we basically find out there that the sorceress is Tila's mom. Yeah. And there's that great line. This is a blessing, one that will manifest when she needs it the most. Like, basically fulfilling her destiny as a sorceress. Yeah, and I mean, 
it's 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 empowering to her and of course they're gonna not like you know people aren't gonna like the the empowering to women but the uh the um anyways the but the the whole uh the thing is it's like the sorceress is is an is an empowering woman and um has been since the beginning of the original show but also it we, we go we go to the future i mean to the present i should say and uh we we find uh you know Skeletor has killed the sorceress and uh, transforms Evil Lynn into her replacement. Yeah. He also and he also Speaking of which, Duncan. I fucking love Evil Lynn on this show. Oh, I know. To the point that I actually want to see Lena Heavey play her in live action. Oh, she should, definitely. Yeah. Like, I love her arc throughout this show, where she's like this anti-hero, then becomes the villain, and then towards the end realizes the error of her ways. And again, man-hating evil Tila... Says, and I quote, the universe is chaos. It's hurt. It's death. But it is everything else, too. It's beauty. It's love. It's life. That's not something someone selfish would say. No. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I do like her uh, evil one so much, too, because, uh, you know, like, she starts off, you know, yeah, just the uh, underlying the Skeletor, and then, you know, He-Man and Skeletor essentially kill each other, you know, and then, uh, she starts, uh, you know, my whole thing was when she befriended Orku, that was a really interesting relationship. Yeah, I love that dynamic. And, you know, yeah, she starts becoming a better person, and all of a sudden Skeletor comes back. And you can see on her face when yeah. when he when he kills the sorceress, she looks, like, mortified that he did yeah, that. Yeah, and I bring this up in my video, too. Like, I love that look on her face. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, the... The, the the I mean the best part of the first the first half was the whole Orko and uh, Lynn like relationship. Um, I and I mean in my opinion the best performance in the original were those two. So yeah, the actors. Um, the um, and and I mean the, the thing is it's it's funny people call this like the Tila show. <laughs> I think no. it's the, I, I think it's the Lynn show. <laughs> it's the evil Lynn show. Yeah. Like, most of the character development, the core central arc, is Evil Lynn. Yeah. So, I mean... And then you get to the Gutter Rat, episode three, which is absolutely fantastic. I To the point where, going back to what we were talking about with villains and you understand their means, yeah, I legit get why she wants to destroy the entire universe. Her parents <laughs> were going to straight up eat her. Yeah, I was like... When, when, I, when I when I heard them say that, I was like, did they say they were going to eat her? Like, what the- <laughs> Thanos would be like, holy shit, um, uh, yeah, go ahead and destroy the universe. Um, well, just stand back. Here's the that's, Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, it's like, he needs somebody's a little too far. No, no. Yeah, she would like Thanos, but more so just completely. It kind of reminded me, too, there's an episode of, of Doom Patrol. I'm not sure if you've seen yeah. that show or not. They did a whole video on the first season. I fucking love that show. It, it kind of reminds me of the Decreator episode. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. But, just like completely shred the universe down to nothingness and just be the last person essentially to be killed. And, um, but yeah, the gutter rat, cause she was like, you know, she spent 20 years in the sewers just trying to survive. I mean, come on. And then, um, but then also too, I, mean, I, I know that, you know, these people don't like any kind of like issues of like economics or whatever, but I didn't realize there was that much poverty in the kingdom. Like I thought this was supposed to be like a magical realm you know i mean that's something that they didn't really touch on much in the original series but yeah you know it's you know when that was coming out that was a thing to sell toys to kids so um and even then even then there's a great line in the gutter rat there's a great line in the gutter rat where she says i hate skeletor but i own my life it's that's her arc that's her arc in a nutshell on the show yeah, it's, and that's that's like the that's like the quote of like an of an abused person right there is oh well you know he took care of me and you know and uh, she does almost imply there was sexual abuse she says physical mm-hmm. abuse but the way she says physical it sounded like she wanted to say sexual but since this show is still sort of somewhat maybe meant for all ages maybe they yeah. didn't throw that word just because they knew that there was a a wide array of people that they were kind of marketing this to but the fact that she was at one point before she 
took the power, she seduced Skeletor and says, you know, let's let's do something of like I forgot what she said, like your your other one of your other act, favorite activities or whatever. I don't remember what she said. That's one of the more stupid scenes in the show. Like, like that's one of those instances where you can tell Cle- Kevin Smith clearly hit the bong. Whereas in part one, you could tell he was sober as a judge because he's working with an IP. And in part two, it's like he's clearly hitting the bong, like with Fisto, where he's saying, I'd sure like to fist him. Yeah, I saw oh, that. I was like, yeah, what the yeah. fuck? Dude, you were doing so well. I know. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, seriously, dude. And that was definitely, that, that was one of the episodes that he re- he co-wrote. It was like yeah. the only one, I think, in the, yeah, the only one in this uh in this uh, batch of episodes that he had any writing, you know, credit yeah. for. So, oh. well, you think that they would like that though too, because it's vulgar and they love that, you know? So, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh. mm-hmm. yeah, but it, you know, it's one of those things though. It's just there. You got to kind of do it. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> even yeah. if it is vulgar, it's kind of like, no, no, but it's also yeah. like the, the, the fucking character's name is Fisto. I mean, I'm just yeah, saying. It's just exactly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Which, oh, I mean, man. I remember when, you know, I was a kid that was a fucking, like, people were like, really? His name is Fisto? <laughs> and the toy came out. And I'm like, well. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I mean. But, but I mean, I mean, all of the characters. I mean, you had fucking Stinkor and shit. You know, you got these. Characters that are just, you know, the craziest fucking names. And they're directly acknowledged. Like, there were a couple of, like, the lower tier toys in episode yeah. four. And they were like, oh, they're just the bottom of, we're at the bottom of the barrel yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of like that little acknowledgement. Yeah, where it was like, what was it, like, Goatman and Pig Boy or Pig something? Boy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, the- just like. Like literal names too, like just describing what they are. Like, um, uh, was there? Did they bring in a character that wasn't? Was Panther in the original show? Was that a toy that was? Cause I thought you said there was a character that was just a toy, but wasn't in the actual. Oh, there were several. Show. There were several in okay. the in these oh. that were originally just toys. I okay. mean, like Stinkor was in the first half, but he was never in the original series. So okay. they did bring him into like the the, like, rebooted series that they had in the early 2000s. But, uh, but, the, yeah. but he was never in the original He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Okay. Yeah, um, and I still have a Stinkor, which I mentioned in our previous episode, I have a Stinkor still in the package. Nice. Somewhere. Yeah. Because, uh, my, uh, I bought it as a, as a birthday or Christmas present for my cousin, and then never gave it to him, and I found it in my closet like fifteen years later. So <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "What the fuck?" It was still wrapped in the wrapping paper. Um, still had the uh, Kmart sticker on it. Um, wow, it was like five. You can bucks. make some money off that. I know. I gotta find it and see if I can get some. If I can sell it, um, <laughs> I might. <laughs> yeah, but the um, yeah, so so. What other highlights did you guys see in this uh, in this half? Okay, for me, like all of episode five comes comes with everything you see here. Yeah, I fucking love that episode. That episode was thirty two minutes of perfection. Yeah, and then you have Orko coming in with that awesome reveal, and it's like I turned into an eight year old kid. <laughs> when Orko showed up. I was like, fuck yeah! yeah! <laughs> because Orko went out like a fucking pimp in the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he comes back and then gives He-Man the power sword so they can restore the status quo. And then He-Man says, and of course, there you have an issue with this. If you want to stand before... I got the actual line somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> It's something to the effect of there is one behind me. There is one behind me in regards to He-Man just taking up Mantle, just being badass as hell. Yeah. Hmm. And I mean, Griff- Griffin Newman is amazing as Orko. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you, I mean, that 
I don't know. Like I said, he was one of my favorite performances in the first half. So, yeah, and him coming back and now he's like so badass because he he isn't he he's got his own he's got self confidence now because he sacrificed himself. He knows what he's doing and he's kind of like almost like a god now. He's kind mm-hmm. of a master of the universe as well, you know. So it's like you know, it's not just He Man who's a fucking master. Anyway, so um, <laughs> the yeah. um, yeah. Well, that's because he was living in like Subternia the whole time, right? And yeah, I think he died. I think he was just completely okay, dead. They they they, yeah. they rose him from the dead when they when they oh. when when they rose all the other like we had those like zombie type characters. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. And then Evil Lynn decides to rescue Orko, which again, another nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how she did that. Maybe just from her sorcery powers or something. Or, or um. I think she just pulled him back. <laughs> so yeah. like, you <laughs> okay. Let's <laughs> well, see. pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, you guys yeah, cool? I, you guys I, cool I if we that. take a quick break here, really quick, and then we'll be right back. No problem. Yeah. Okay, we'll be right back. What is Gen X? What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And, as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. Hi, this is Catherine, host of a new fashion podcast, The Real Fashion School Dropout. Join me as I interview guests every week in the fashion and beauty space and we gossip on all things fashion and beauty and even get into some personal stories of their journey in the industry. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Hope to see you there. And we are back. Okay, so yeah, um, yeah, like like we were saying, Orko is like awesome. Um, anyway, so <laughs> the uh, <laughs> but yeah, the um, what uh, what other what what like uh, what other things did you guys uh find really like cool um in this episode in these episodes? The animation, like I said earlier, um, I thought that was really cool. Uh, the, the length of the episodes I thought were really good, especially the episode five. I thought that was a perfect amount of time. I um, did. Evil I... then, obviously, like we said, I liked her. I liked her becoming, you know, master of the universe and 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 how she came to um, her conclusions that the universe was like empty because she had like a vision where she said she witnessed the death of God. In the beginning of time, I don't really know much about the lore um, of that story, but it's like a snake bit the eagle or something, the phoenix or whatever. Um, yeah. It was interesting, like, the colors they used for all those metaphors, too. Like, the snake looked like uh, Cringer. And yeah, I was wondering about that. Um, and the bird looked like the sorceress. So. Well, that's the other thing too. She looked like the sorceress when she looked in the water. She saw, she didn't see herself. She saw the original sorceress, I think, didn't she? And uh, so she was like having like a almost like a mushroom trip or something. And and then that's <laughs> when he had her. Um, uh, I don't know. I just I just like Evil Lynn as a character. I just I mean I know we already went over that, but uh, yeah, just her her rationale of, like, Skeletor wanted, you know, he just wanted to rule. His whole mission was just to kill He-Man. I mean, it was such a a simple thing, if you think about it. Like, you're going to use all this power. You've, you've wasted, like, you know, how many years of your life, you know, to accomplish just one goal, and then, and then for what? I mean, just seemed very fleeting, and 
to what kill He Man. Yeah, and I like, like that. Evil Lynn directly calls him on that. Like, yeah, like seriously, dude. Like, this is what you. This is your life purpose. <laughs> like, and then, um, you know, obviously she's got all this trauma. We don't really know much of Skeletor's backstory. We don't really know what made him the way he is, and maybe he's just always been that way, you know? I mean, we did get uh, a little bit of a in- influence there, too. Like, uh, the, the costume he's wearing when we first uh, see him in the Gutter Rat episode, um, where, where he first encounters uh, Evil Lynn, the colors and part of his costume are, are horde, um, you know... Um, like colors and and uh, costuming, and so, and then we find out at the end that uh, the motherboard thing is uh, connected to Hordak and the Horde. Oh, that's interesting. So, um, I'm thinking that you know he was probably a servant of Hordak, or like you okay. know, or like a right hand man or something like that. And we'll probably find that out if we get a season two. Right, right. I mean, two. And the apparently, whole- Kevin Smith has to beg for it. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, oh, I saw that. Yeah. That was like really no. He's not begging for it. He was just saying, "Fingers crossed for a season two. Yeah, like, like anybody does at the end of their first season for a TV exactly. show. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Come on, guys, this is getting stupid. All <laughs> right, because like yeah. all right. Anyway, yeah. Let's yeah, bring up another point. Yeah. yeah, I love how this show has the tone of a Saturday morning cartoon, but for adults. Yeah, mm-hmm. like for example, the use of alliteration, like. Skeletor saying transcendent triumph or <laughs> or something like that. Glittering yeah. boob. A direct callback to the original cartoon. Yeah. And again, and again, it's like, oh my god, and they think this is the worst show ever. Like, that's the most pandering fan service you can possibly do. <laughs> Have them say glittering boob. Yeah. And I, I mean, I mean, and, and, and I mean, talk about good performances too. I mean, you got Mark Hamill there as a uh, Skeletor in this. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he's good. I mean, I, I will say he's kind of aping his uh, his uh, Joker persona for this Skeletor persona, but he does give a little bit new, more nuances to it that he didn't have in um, in Joker. But you know, it, it's you can't not hear Joker in his performance. So. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of good performances, Diedrich Bader as King Randall. I know, it's hard to imagine that that was him. Yeah, yeah, the same guy who was Oswald and Drew Carey in the construction <laughs> worker in office space. Yeah. Gives out this, is crushing this one scene he's in where he apologizes to Prince Adam. Yeah. And I'm like, holy fuck, he's a good actor. And, and I'm got- not just saying that because he liked one of my tweets. No, he's <laughs> actually really good. Yeah, and I mean, Alicia Silverstone as a... Uh... As, as the queen as well, so, I mean, it's just... Yeah, I didn't realize it until Twitter brought up something to the fact that she said, as if. I was like, yeah. that's Alicia Silverstone? Yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean and, and the thing is, like, like, like I said, Dietrich Bader is a really great voiceover artist. I mean, he he was, you know, Batman and Brave and the Bull yeah. and stuff and everything. He's and he's, he's an underrated actor overall, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a great comedic actor, but he showed his dramatic chops in this here really well. Mm-hmm. I'd um, like to see him more. Dr- I'd like to see him do more dramatic work. Actually, me too. I mean, if 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 I had my way, I would cast him in a movie as a as a dramatic actor. So, if yeah. you're listening to this by any chance, Dietrich Bader, you know, <laughs> it's Mike at CullenPark dot com. Go ahead and send me an email. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> is that the guy? Is he like? Is he like a tall guy with like black, kind of somewhat curly hair? Yeah, he is was that... on the Drew Carey show. Yeah, um, he was okay. the he was the friend... he was Oswald and Drew yeah. Carey. Yeah, he was the friend who wasn't Ryan Stiles. So, <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I think yeah. he was also in the show called Outsource that I really liked. Oh yeah, like he was on that. Yeah, yeah, he was really great in that one too. Yeah, um, and he was also in um, what was he? He was wasn't he in uh, Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah. Um, it's like very also, brief, though. Yeah, if I he, remember correctly, he was like a, a kung fu like uh, yeah, he was <laughs> guy. Yeah, yeah. He was also in one episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, I think. <laughs> I think. Help <laughs> me on that, but I think he yeah. was. Uh, That's a good pull. Um, anyway, so um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the um, yeah, and and. He, the, I mean, the, the voice acting overall in this series is just really great, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know who Chris Wood is, but he absolutely nails Prince Adam. Oh, he, he's he's good. Um, See, uh, I was a f- I'm was I'm a fan, and I, I know Matt was too, um, of uh, Supergirl. 
And yeah, he was I'm on, hit or miss on Supergirl. Yeah, he was he was on there as uh as Monel for a couple seasons. And um he's also married to uh Supergirl in real life. So Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin was at their wedding and everything, so he's really good friends with him. So that's why that's how he got the role, I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> it's nice to have connections. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean he all, he also is a good actor. I mean he, he brought uh humanity to Monel on uh on Supergirl that I really thought was cool. Yeah. Like, you know, a depth to the character that could have just been like kind of a Superman wannabe. Um yeah. 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 And then Sarah Michelle Geller, the evil woke lesbian dealer, which has been totally disproven. <laughs> I'm in the minority here and saying I actually think she did really good here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like her. Given what she's given. I mean, I I'm always been a big fan of her since Buffy and before and even too, yeah. you know, so but it's just it's like, you know, yeah. It the I I I love her in this show, but it, it the whole time I'm listening to her though I know it's Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah, if that makes sense. I mean, I think her performance is great, but it's still I'm just like that's that's yeah. Buffy. You know, it's I'm not just, like it's not like um Alicia Silverstone where she says as if I'm like holy shit that's Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, I didn't put or, two and two together. Or Dietrich Bader, who you're just like that's Dietrich Bader, really? You know, that's sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but i mean yeah maybe i'm in the minority too but i mean tila was like one of my favorite maybe maybe it was quote the tila show but okay fine i mean i liked it so. tila has an actual character arc she grows as a human being yeah yeah and i mean that that's the that's the thing and i mean i mean and and adam has a has a character arc randor has a character arc there's a, you know and and yeah. i mean there, there's the there's the there's the issue with showing the fact that their kid died and and the king and queen are having marital issues you know it's like <laughs> that's kind of yeah know, which exactly. you would have if you lost your child <laughs> and going back to rise of skywalker i don't want to beat this dead horse again like ray has no character arc because the moment she picks up the lightsaber and says she's ray skywalker there was an audible groan in my theater like the <laughs> loudest audible groan you will ever hear in a theater and I went to Franklin Park Mall because it's always the most honest theater. They will <laughs> tell you straight up how they feel. Well, I was there. I, I saw it on Christmas Day in 2019, like two months before the whole pandemic started and everything went crazy. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, it was just like everyone in the theater came, was walking out just bickering, like, like it was bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> my theater opening night with like <laughs> chewy cosplayers and shit. It was like a funeral procession walking out. No applause. Everybody was just stone faced silent. Like, yeah. what did we just watch? Let's fucking leave. Yeah, I mean, my 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 reaction the first time I saw it was like, what the fuck? Basically, I mean, and and that that movie that that was that was totally like you said, pandering bullshit. And um, yeah. and I I mean, whatever. If you liked it, cool. But um, yeah, yeah that's but, how I am too. Yeah. But, but, um, I mean, of that series, if we want to touch on that really quickly, I mean, <laughs> I, I think, uh, I think The Last Jedi was the strongest of those three movies. And most yes. people are like, a, a lot of the, like, core fans are like, oh, I hate that movie because it emasculates, uh, it emasculates Luke Skywalker, which they're totally misunderstood. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's wow. what I'm saying. They're just fucking idiots. So <laughs> it shows him with flaws. Yeah. It shows him with flaws. <laughs> it gives him character depth. I think it's Mark Hamill's best performance. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I, you know, I also, I mean, I'm a huge Ryan Johnson fan too, but still yeah. it's just, you know, I, <laughs> anyways, there was just no cohesion to that series. No, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've read the Colin Trevorrow script for Duel of the Fates and I'm like, this could have been good. Yeah. Yeah. It has issues. It's clearly a first draft, but yeah, this would have been the star, the great Star Wars movie if we actually got this. And Kathleen, evil, evil woke Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> uh, I, I don't get that fucking hate either. No. Kathleen Kennedy yeah. has caved so much to toxic fandom. Yeah. And apparently she's this evil bitch who just wants to push an agenda. Like, 
no, she's caving to you guys. Yeah, and she did like, the Rogue One scene with Luke Skywalker at the end of the season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah, right. Um, that's the question I always ask him. I never, I never get an answer, which is interesting enough. It's almost like they don't have an answer. But um, I always say, well, <laughs> okay, so when you watch these movies, you know, shows that you think are like an idyllic past, you know, everything was perfect before these woke feminists and woke gay people and woke trans, but whatever. Like, I get it. You hate these people and you wish they were dead. Okay, cool. We understand. We, we know your position and you're, you probably are fashion. We get it. Okay, cool. We, we established that. But, um, so what are you then saying when those movies are, do, are they pushing an agenda? Mm-hmm. Like, it, 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 so what you're saying is you're okay with an agenda. It just has to be an agenda you have to agree with. And again, yeah. fine. It, it, own it. Admit it. We're on the same page. We understand. Fine. But when you're dishonest about it, it doesn't seem very masculine to me. Uh, to mm-hmm. me, a masculine person would be like, no, I do believe this. Fuck you. You know, or maybe not fuck you, but I'm, I'm going to stand my ground. This is what I believe. I'm not going to be smarmy and go, well, actually, maybe. No, that's not what I imagine a masculine person would do. I would imagine a masculine person to just stand up and say, here's what I believe. Either you agree or disagree, but I'm not changing my position. But maybe they have a different idea. Maybe, maybe their definition of masculinity is going on Twitter and making five-hour-long YouTube videos about why man, purple hair lady, bad, you yeah. know, stuff like that. So that's that's fine. Yeah. That's what they believe. That's that's their masculinity. That's awesome, I guess. It's not, but, okay. Yep. Uh, I, I get sometimes I get wrapped up. No, no, it's cool. Yeah. And yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, and it's like, you know, the, you know, Gonzo wore a dress in the fucking Muppet Babies thing, so now the world's gonna end. Um, but anyways... Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. Gonzo! Fucking Gonzo! Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I I can't. What, what was it? There there was recently like um, Josh Mandel, who's running for uh, office in the state of Ohio, said something. Oh oh, he said the worst thing about the country right now is the fact that. Superman is bisexual in the comic book. <laughs> oh wow! Yes, yeah, that, that's not even Clark Kent. It's no, it's Jonathan. Son? It's Jonathan Kent. Yeah. And and my thing with it is, it's like <clears throat> you mean to tell me the worst thing about our country right now <laughs> is yeah. a comic book character's arc in the story? You know, it's just like, what the fuck? Well, Kevin Smith. Fictional characters. Yes. <laughs> Do you understand? Are you getting this at all? Yeah. That it's um, I mean, yeah, this could go into like another whole yeah yeah conversations, but a lot of this stuff is connected about like the 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 anti world comic book stuff, and it, it all yeah. plays into this narrative of, of culture war. I, I wish I can there. I got I got a quote. I gotta find this quote and always keep it on hand with me at all times because it explains thing explains things so perfectly. There is this. I think it was a French guy or wrote a book about politics i don't remember but basically there's, there's this quote in the book that basically says when when um, politicians and, and parties find are, are unable to to actually answer the needs of the people you'll find that they focus they'll start focusing less and less on actual policies but they'll amplify cultural signifiers that pit people against each other and that's what exactly we're happening it's it's like it's all culture war bullshit it's Going back to the whole little Nas X thing where he did the Call Me By Your Name video, and around that same time, Tony Hawk was pushing some edgelord water company that urges you to sell your soul for mediocre bottled canned water. (laughs) And there was no outrage about that. No. Wow. But, you know. I think it was like liquid death or some shit like that. Oh, yeah. Um, But, uh. But but you know Tony Hawk is a straight white man. Um, yeah. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I did like Tony Hawk's the the game that came out like one of the well, one of the early games. Um, yeah. Like for, play, for PlayStation or whatever, that was really cool. Tony so, Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. So I, I, I have the whole that. Tony Hawk Pro Skater one and two playlist on Spotify that I will yeah. usually put on when I'm driving. The, they uh, have like the whole playlist of those songs from Tony Hawk Pro Scare One and Two, and that's usually one of my go-to's. That's awesome, man. 
Plus, he was Peter Fonda's stunt double in Escape from L.A. So, um, <laughs> he was Peter Fonda's stunt double in the movie Escape from L.A. Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, you can obviously tell in a few of the scenes where he's surfing, and it's Tony Hawk oh. surfing. Um, anyway, so uh, <laughs> wow, just randomness that popped into my head um so uh the um but but anyways okay so this series i think it it it, it ends on a great a great beat where it, it basically sets up a great season two which yeah. will be about about just the like horde. how part one set up the already badass part two yeah mm-hmm. and i think that i really hope that we get a second season who knows i mean i don't know what the ratings are like on the thing is is it, it doesn't matter at all why people are watching this if they yeah. hate watching it it's still getting views and um yeah take a look at the whole red notice thing going on right now where yeah. netflix is bragging about how it's the most watched thing ever on their channel and by what metric exactly yeah like i don't really hear people talking about it i i review i have a review in the can for it and i thought it was fun fine yeah it's I, a lighthearted I, action romp like i planned it's to, not like I hashtag to watch it just because i like I plan to watch it just because I like the actors in it, but I yeah. probably I'm not expecting it to be you know the Citizen Kane of action movies or anything. Yeah. But um the the um it's not hashtag worst movie ever. When I watched some ten year old rich kid shoot pool balls at a guy without a job. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That uh, was that's another twenty minute video I'm working on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, I, yeah I, a couple I, a couple of weeks ago we covered that, and um, yeah, that was fun. Um, I, I laid out the case that that he's a sociopath, probably going to be a serial killer in the future by all of the ways that he liked inflicting pain on these people. It seemed very suspicious. Yeah, very- I even said the kid from Fat Man. I don't know if you guys have ever heard the movie Fat Man, where Mel Gibson is like John Wick Santa Claus. I've heard the of kid that. from Fat Man is less evil than this kid is, yeah. and he straight up hires a hitman to kill Santa Claus. Oh, Jesus! Because he didn't get his way. Whoa! Yeah, man. Make sure you guys listen to our, our other thing about a sadistic kid, but it's like in a good way is a uh, is a uh, oh is a uh, uh, is is Deadly Games, aka uh, three thirty six fifteen code Pierre Noel. <laughs> so yeah. it's just uh, it's it's a movie that's uh, basically Home Alone before Home Alone, a French yeah. film. So yeah, it's definitely worth watching though that movie. So it's on Shutter. I think I saw Ooh. that pop up actually. Yeah, it's, on your feed. Yeah, it's, it's a real good movie. It's, it's a real good movie. It's it's on uh it's on uh AM on um AMC uh plus or uh shutter, you can watch it on there. Um Yeah, I usually find a lot of good stuff on there. Yeah, and uh it's it was fun. It was a fun fever dream of a film. Um yeah. anyways, the um but 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 that kid actually had a point of view as opposed to the kid in Home Alone uh, Home Sweet Home yeah. Alone. But um mm-hmm. anyways, so this this really does, but the, but back to uh, Masters, um, it does set up. I really like that they tied back in that whole motherboard thing. Triclops in the motherboard, yeah, yeah, and tied it in here at the end where you basically get this oh fuck thing from uh, from from Skeletor at the end where he's just like oh shit this this world's gonna you know <laughs> get mm-hmm. worse and yeah and and the horde were basically kind of the bad guys on she-ra so yeah 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 so i'm not that versed on masters of the universe like i said i, I was more of a gi joe transformer yeah I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. as versed as i used to be i mean when i was a kid i was big into the he-man and she-ra stuff but um i like i mean i i tried to go back and rewatch a few years ago when they uh, brought the uh both of those um to netflix for a while yeah, I started rewatching, and I was like, I couldn't make it past a couple episodes. I was like, Oh my! I god. I was born in 1984, so He Man's kind of a little yeah. bit past my time. Yeah, I was born mm-hmm. in 77, so it was right in my you know sweet spot of um, stuff. So it was basically my you know it it, it was my Paw Patrol, and yeah. um, the- <laughs> just like how Ninja Turtles was my Paw Patrol. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah and Ghostbusters. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, Ghostbusters. I I was into that too, though, because I, I I watched. I mean, I watched uh, animated shows up until I was in high school, so I was like, 
you know, every day after school watching, you know, DuckTales and shit. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah. Did you know that there was another cartoon called Ghostbusters that had nothing to do with Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what's the story behind that? I don't, want to, I don't want to derail too much, but what's the... There, okay, so Filmation had a live-action show called Ghostbusters back in the late 70s or so. Okay. Um, and um, it, and uh, that was before the movie Ghostbusters came out. So um, they wanted to call... They weren't sure what they were going to call the movie in 1984, um, but they wanted to call it Ghostbusters. They found out somebody owned the rights to that name. They paid okay. Filmation for the rights to the name. Um, but then... Filmation wanted to produce the animated version of the show of the of the movie. They passed on that, went to Deke to have them produce it, and um, and so in retaliation, sort of, Filmation decided, "Hey, we own this other property called Ghostbusters. Let's release this at the same time." That's why the Deke version is called the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> so you know it's the one yeah. based on the movie. So yeah, yeah. And oddly enough, that was my entry point into Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But but my life is so intrinsically tied to Ghostbusters, as that was the movie my parents saw before they had me. <laughs> so, if it weren't, honestly, if it weren't for Ghostbusters, I probably wouldn't be here. <laughs> like, they had me shortly after they watched Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> so yeah, and um I wish I could say that my parents watched uh, Star Wars and then had me in 77, but yeah. My dad probably has never seen a Star Wars movie. So um the <laughs> <laughs> um, But anyways, um any uh any other thoughts here guys before we like wrap things up and stuff? But yeah, I really love the hell out of Masters of the Universe Revelation. I just dug it completely. There was never the, a dull moment during the show where I was like, okay, let's pick this up a little. Whereas during the first episode of Cowboy Bebop, yeah, the action sequences were cool. I was, But at the same time, I was like, let's pick this up a little. Yeah. And apparently, there's a Tiger King too, and I'm so glad time is on my side on that, because I did a negative review of Tiger King too, and everybody was like, fuck you, Ryan. I'm like, and it turns out Tiger King 2 sucks. <laughs> and Netflix is trying to milk it dry. Oh, of course. <laughs> wow. They'll milk anything. I mean, that's just mm -hmm. what you do. And I mean, and, and, and the thing with, with Netflix, too, when it comes to, like, this show or any other show, um, they they don't have to release their their uh, viewership either. So yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of sad that we don't know how many people have watched Masters or how many people have watched Tiger King or how many people It's have going watched... back to the whole yeah. Red Notice thing where they're trying to make this a thing when there's no concrete numbers. Yeah, because they, they, can, they can say all they want that Red Notice is the most watched movie on the platform, but we don't know for sure that it is. I mean, I don't see why they would lie about it necessarily, but, you know, they could if they wanted to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it because I mean there, there's there's several shows that were really good on Netflix that get canceled after one season, yeah, or or after other things for different reasons. Like I'm still pissed off that they canceled Glow after season three. Yeah, and, uh, I really dug Glow. Yeah, and and I I understand that that uh, contracts and uh, COVID paid played a lot into that. Yeah, but my thing is is like you can still pick it up with a movie or something um, exactly and end it. So, um, because, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, because it, it, it was a great show and I mean, it, it kind of, it kind of had an ending, but I still want to see where these girls. Yeah. It's one of those things up. where you could easily resolve it with like a Netflix movie and it'll probably be a big thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, uh, anyways, um, any final thoughts, Matt on, uh, revelations, revelation, uh, I should say. Just, uh, no, I mean, just the fact that I, I do think the pacing was really good. I never felt like an episode was going on for too long. It really did seem like time was kind of moving a little bit faster than normal. So I thought that was, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if Kevin Smith had anything to do with that. Because it seems like he's really good at doing that with his movies. But I don't know if he had a hand in that aspect of the show. But uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, I think we covered everything. I just, I you know, I was yeah. not really... 
I was not really a He-Man fan, but I think I am now just from watching this. So it's one of the easiest shows to binge. Yeah, it is. I, I usually don't binge shows ever. It's not my style. Yeah, so. I watched the uh, first episode one day, and then the next day I watched the last four because <laughs> I was like, you know, when I, when I watched the the first half, I watched it all in one sitting. And then I watched the I watched this because I watched the first episode, and then I was just really tired. So then I, but then the next day I picked it up, and I was like, sat there, and I was like, oh, it's over. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> I wanted more. So, um, but I mean, but it ended on a good, you know. I'm just saying, I wanted yeah. more, but it ended. I solidly. I definitely want more from this. Yeah, and let's hope that we do get more, and hopefully we'll be able to revisit it when it comes out. Um. So uh, Ryan, um, what uh, where can people find you um, if they're? Um, I know you mentioned at the beginning, but where yeah. can people find you if they're uh, interested in your uh, photography or your uh, YouTube videos or anything yeah. like that? Yeah, you can find me at www.newrealmsmedia.com. I'm gonna try and make an effort to edit that website because I really haven't had time to do that. But across all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. Instagram, TikTok, you can find me at New Rums Media, all one word. Okay, cool. And I'll put some links to that in the show notes for this episode, too, so people can find you. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts here, Matt, before we wrap things up? Uh, no. Okay. Well, uh, people, um, you can find us um, everywhere online. Um, go, the best way to find us is all2real2.com. Um, also, um, you know, if you have any suggestions for any future episodes or want to talk to us, um, send me a message at Mike at CullenPark.com. Um, also, um, you know, give us a five-star review on, uh, Apple podcasts or anywhere that you can, um, share the show with a couple friends that helps us, you know, get out there. Um, you know, wear a mask folks. We still, you know, when you go out, you know, also, uh, wear a condom. <laughs> I just got my booster shot last week. Awesome. Yeah. Doing my part. Yes. Um, and make sure you guys uh, do that too. I got to go get my booster soon. I'm hoping to in the next few days. And, um, but until next time, folks. Bye bye. Thanks for having me, Mike. Oh, thanks you very much, Ryan, again. And uh, bye bye. <laughs> See you next time. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com.